0: But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow!
1: Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds.
2: How are we removing this emotion to parenting? And should we be removing the emotion to parenting?
3: Well, I think emotions are, are really important. It's it's about making a thoughtful choice and how you want to handle a situation rather than letting the immediate flood of emotions carry you away in ways that you feel like it wasn't your best parenting moment.
2: it is Monday and welcome to the CatNet Unfiltered podcast. And this is a special podcast because Nat and I started The Common Parent way back when, because when we had teenagers, we felt way over our head and like no one was talking about it. Toddlers and the younger ones, everyone had all the conversations and there was books. So The Common Parent is a community that we created for members where they can go and listen to amazing experts. Now, because we love our community so much, we wanted to bring over some of the experts so you could hear little snippets of them. We bring you one a Monday. If you're in the membership, you know that you get full access to them and you have a whole bunch of library in there. So if you're new here, go check out thecommonparent.com. And if you're not, you're going to take a listen to some of the experts that join us. Um, Really, it is about taking tools for your toolbox, quick hits, because a lot of us don't have time for a lot of books. And all the experts are so amazing that learning something that's actionable that day is like, ah, the best. So uh, this Monday, we hope you enjoy our expert and just sit back. Uh, We know it can be overwhelming. We know it can feel like a lot, but with the experts and the community and us. We all can do this together. Take a listen um, to our next expert right after this break.
0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash and today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P
2: com slash
0: cat and Oh,
2: good afternoon, everybody. We have not seen this beautiful human in a few months and you were, it was like the holidays before we saw you. Um, So we're so happy to see Allison Schaefer, parenting guru, therapist, expert, the genius
3: of parenting that makes sense to parents everywhere. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. I mean, obviously, um, my family is, is doing well, but I'm working with a lot of families in distress. There's just so much distress out there. So I carry everyone in my heart's. Um, trying to help as much as possible. Hope you guys are holding up. You're doing great keeping communities sane with all that you put out there in the world. I don't know anymore, but thank
2: you. <laughs> the fun is really not here, but we are here to talk about <laughs> parenting. And you know, I, when we put it, I was having, this was all inspired by a conversation of, you know, bugging was the wrong word because bugging is like kind of the younger The younger age, where really what I think a lot of parents are encountering right now is confrontational behavior just because. And then,
1: um, sorry. Yes, And we are, um, we are, we are personally experiencing it and it, 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 we want to, we want to know like how to handle it, how to diffuse it, tools like that. But I, I always, so, everything you say always resonates and, and with me. But I remember when you said, um, that when like uh, my daughter's voice is, um, when it sounds like she's being super rude, that she can't always hear the way that she sounds. Yeah, so that's interesting because then I also because now I'm starting to th- to realize that she she's hearing me differently than how I sound.
3: And seeing you differently, too. It's really interesting when they do psychological experimentation on um, like children looking at a neutral face. It, you know, if a child is upset with that person or has something else going on, they will they will attribute that face to looking more scowling than it actually is and the same, like, you know, you go to t- take their hand to like lead them out of the room and they'll be like, oh, you're hurting me. Yes. And, they, and actually when kids are, are angry and activated like that, their perception of pain is different. And, and so I think what you're saying is a really important thing for parents to take away, which is just starting with this idea of if we tell ourselves the narrative that the motivation behind my child's tone or whatever is disrespect, then that narrative is going to make it very difficult for us to not be reactive and to and to be instead more effective in the moment. Right. And I think we need to kind of uh, just, if we can drop that that storyline, I, ca- I call it a hot thought. When you think that hot thought, my kid is being disrespectful, you are more likely to generate anger and then things are going to intensify rather than getting back down to calm, cool, and collected. And I think as our kids get older and start hitting the teen years, um, I think our expectations for them go up. And so the discrepancy between how we think they should be acting and that we shouldn't have to remind them and, and what, you know, and where they're really at, I think that the bigger the discrepancy, the more angry we get. And I have to remind parents like, yeah, you have a 14 year old. They don't just jump up and put the plate in the dishwasher. Like, They don't. (laughs) It's like, you know, maybe at four, you think you had to give them like a a prompt or a a push or something and you're okay with it. But you're kind of by 14. The parents think that they should be like little adults that just can look around and use common sense. And they still need discipline. They still need, you know, consequences. They still need to experience the outcomes of their choices and we're still actively shaping and parenting kids and we just think we should be we should be done this by now and it's like no there's a lot go. going on I know and now uh, you
1: feel I mean, like that because you yeah. feel like you've said it so many times so many times it hasn't sunk in yet
3: yeah
2: a lot of parents, um, so it's like the negative behavior, right? So your child is disrespectful. You want to tell them how disrespectful they are. You infuse the situation and the cycle can continue for years because you want to make them level to understand how disrespectful they're being, right? So you, you're doing negative equals negative. How as parents, do we remove the personal from parenting and parent them as it's not a disrespect to us or is it a disrespect to us? Do you know what I'm saying? How, like, how are we removing this emotion to parenting and should we be removing the emotion to parenting?
3: Uh, Well, I think emotions are, are really important. It's, it's about, um, Making a thoughtful choice in how you want to handle this situation rather than letting the immediate flood of emotions carry you away in ways that you feel like it wasn't your best parenting moment and, you know, now you've made matters worse. So, you know, to quote the famous Michelle Obama, you know, I kind of like the whole, you know, when they go high, when they go low, we go high. So, if you think about that from a reactivity, kids' emotion, disrespect pr- perspective, when they start getting whatever lippy, rude, rolling their eyeballs—all sort of those classic things—instead of us um, acting like a fourteen-year-old and rolling our eyes back and saying, "Don't look! Don't you give me that look, young lady," or whatever we do, which is matching their, um, you know, emotional immaturity. Uh, We're kind of tit for tatting. I'm suggesting that as that we need to really up our game and say, well, if they're going to try to be sort of base and emotional and reactive, then I better be super calm, super respectful um, and lean into this moment with a tremendous amount of of composure and self-respect and equanimity. And I can still, I'm not saying I want my kids to walk all over me. But neither do I need to let their blustery storm become infectious and change my mood state. I can stand and observe them and go, this is a 14-year-old being a 14-year-old. This is, you know, this is a 14-year-old doing their shtick. And uh and I don't need to believe it's um about me, and a lot okay. of times it's not. I mean, you you have okay, this I was gonna yourself. say how much of their
2: behavior is uh,
3: because they actually aren't feel
2: angry at you, right? Like you're like, I do so much for you. And how dare you walk in here? And, you know, that is the I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, When you, when you have this, what it feels like a personal attack against you and you're so livid that they could walk in there and treat you, treat you who gave them life. um, Because everyone's saying this is so hard to do. Is there a way where like, Hey, this is not about me. This is not about me. Even though it very much feels like this is about me. And how do you decipher when it's about you versus it's about them
3: 14 or 15 or 12 Good. Well, good point. I mean, it's and it is in moment to moment. You kind of do have to check that out because it can fall in different categories. But I'm sure you've done that circling back and saying, like, you know, what was what was that all about this afternoon? And it's like, you know, oh, well, my teacher just told me that the paper I uploaded didn't get received, didn't get re- get there on time. And I'm going to lose 20 percent of my mark or something. And they don't say that they just come into the kitchen and yell at you um you know i don't want to have that for dinner or or you know i don't you know whatever and you're getting the backlash of something else that's gotten them you know set off uh, and their wick is short and they're being reactive and you know with adolescents and kids that are have hormones and and social pressures and they're 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 it's an emo- they're emotionally fraught anyways. And then you've got a whole pandemic going on, right? They don't have a lot of maturity and bandwidth. Look at how fried we are, let alone them. So, um, but I do also think to your point that when our kids are directing it at us with the intention of it being about our relationship, um, we got to check in and sort of say, you know, gee, like just where, where, what would I rate my connectivity with my kid right now? You know, like how how, is this like, are we doing well? And they're just beaking off at me right now. Or if it's like, we have now kind of kind of like how you analyze your marriage. You know, I used to think of it as like, like, yeah, don't go there. Right. (laughs) But it's like, it's like how many, you know, like when you're firing on so many cylinders, like I, I, you know, I would say this when I was married, I'd say like, you know what? Like, I feel like we're only firing on two cylinders. I think it's time to like go in and do a little checkup at the um, marriage counselor's office and just like, Clean the clean the spark plugs, make sure we're you know, and I think we do that with their kids too. We can sort of say like, I don't know, we've been kind of at each other for a while i i I kind of feel like we're not firing in all all spark plugs, which is different than if if generally things are fine, and you just kind of get this one one moment
2: i guess I guess the question is so in order so in order for them to so i'm if we could give parents like. So it would be like, check in with the health of your relationship with them to see if they're feeling connected with you. And is there, like, is there a form where you can, is there like a survey for kids where you can give to them for, for parenting and be like, I would love to know how you're feeling about me. Is that, is that something we should be doing? Like I used to get my kids to rate me, but rate me by the way, what I could do better in for, in their eyes. I've done that in a long time because I'm surviving over here, but is there something that we should be doing to to understand where we are
3: actually at with them? So I love that you put the invitation out there for them to talk into the idea of, you know, where's my growing edge? You know, what, what what changes would you like to see in me right there? That says I own part of co-creating this relationship and, and that you're willing to listen, that you're soliciting information. Kids actually tell parents all the time, but they don't, but, Parents don't listen. That's the problem. We get into parent mode and we dismiss the feedback that they're giving us. So when, I mean, when they're saying, oh, like you're being so controlling or like mind your own. Why do you even care? Why do you care? Why do I know that? Why do you nag me? They're, they're giving us feedback all the time and we just smack it away and, and don't listen to it. Uh, I think there's a lot that we do in the name of Parenting. That we don't see through the lens of respect. And you know, if we just ask this classic question, and I don't remember who is the original parenting person who I can attribute credit to, but you know, the idea of the way you should talk to your child is the exactly the same way that you should talk to a friend. Or in other words, ask yourself, would I say that to a peer? Would I or would I say it that way? would I, would I say it at all? Um, and so, it, you know, it should sound like talking to a colleague, a peer, when you're asking your kids about why they didn't get the dishes done, right? You know, really,
1: you were- I never thought about that, <laughs> like because yeah, I, it, yeah, I, you know, just looking back on myself right now, I think I would think that I definitely would speak with a different tone to them as I, than I would to Cat about cleaning the kitchen, you know.
3: Right, and I'm, you know, if you guys are traveling and on the road or whatever, and and you were kind of like, you know, hey, you know, how come you took the last pot of coffee from the the Nespresso maker in the room, and you know, <laughs> did you not notice there was no coffee for me? That makes me feel left out. Yeah, was, yeah, that would be a different conversation than if it was a kid where it's yeah. like, how dare you, you know. So you can um,
2: basically actually ask them how are we doing? In how are we doing right now? How are you feeling? Are you feeling? Are we? Are you feeling good about our like? You can actually ask them about how they're feeling. And you know, I've done it, and I'll tell you, they're actually very thoughtful about it, and they're not just there to like tell you how terrible you are. They they don't want to tell you. I mean, I haven't got to the twelve year old yet. I've, this was the younger kids who. <laughs> You're amazing. And then they get older and not so much. So you can start with that. And let's say they're like, yeah, things are, because based on the day, they're going to carry different feelings about you. Um, then when, when is this something we would address in a family meeting about the tone? Or, you know, if it's only one child, like, you know, a big thing about what I think a lot of parents are finding is kids are now micromanaging each other because we're all in a house together. So no. Everyone's micromanaging and, I can feel the tension in the environment. I don't know if other people are feeling the same way that the kids are now in on this micromanaging. How can we reset and get this? If you're in a really bad place with your teen and things are just really tumultuous, is there a reset button and how to do it?
3: Yeah, well, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of the family meetings, right? Stuff that's dogging the family, you talk about as a family, and you don't do it in the time of conflict. You you do it when people are calm, and they're really trying to be solution-focused as opposed to blaming and finger-wagging. And, uh, you know, to say, listen, we've all been in lockdown for a long time. We're like really we need a reset. Like, what would that look like? And if it's around the micromanaging, like, whatever ideas the kids have is, are obviously going to be the ones that, um, are going to work the best. But like, I know in my family, my kids came up with this, um, idea that they, they would call it like level three. And I think it came from maybe me to we, some leadership thing. I don't even know. But the point is they came up with it. So they liked it. And whenever we thought people were like starting to like, you know, when like jokes start to get, um, mean, yeah. And and you and it starts as sarcasm. But you kind of know this isn't going to go anywhere, you know. Um, and so when, or when we started thinking that people were just getting like a little base, a little, you know, they would say level three and then they had like a little signal. And it was a way that we could like pay attention. Um, you know, if it's like tones coming in or like the, the remarks are getting a little snippy, it would just be like this, like, you know, hey, because we've had this agreement. And I think it's important, like as a family, we make a pact. How respectful do we want to be? just like we so if we don't want to live in a yelling snippy tense toxic household then whose whose decision is it to improve the quality of that all of ours we're all stakeholders in this and so if you can get them to 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 come up with something that says we're making a choice here about how we treat each other we up up level three lift it up we don't need to be like this yeah Uh, but you know they can't they came up with the signal they came up with the term i didn't but they definitely agreed that they preferred when we were having good times together yeah I think that's one of the things that if you're checking in with your kids about relationships even though we have been in lockdown and been we've been together the first thing to go family fun so it's like you know it's if anything we're sort of we're we're trying not to be all over each other so everyone's kind of isolated and doing their own thing and we've kind of we've, we've stopped putting the energy and the effort in to saying, okay. "Hey, what about that family board game?" or "Hey, what about, you know, getting the karaoke machine out on a Friday night or whatever?" We kind of let that go a little bit. So, we're not Allison, if we're um because I know that someone
1: had said it's it's sometimes it's hard when you're in like uh you're somehow you've gotten into a like a yell and like, an argument with your kid. In your mind, you don't even like you don't even know how it got to this. Like you were in you had no intention of being in an argument and you find yourself in it and it kind of keeps going. How can you know, one of the moms said, it's, it's hard to be the bigger person and to not be the 14 year old in, you catch yourself in that moment. And you the two of you are just arguing about who the fuck knows what, yeah. how, what, what can you, when you, if you can check yourself and say, okay, I'm not 14, this is a 14 year old's attitude. How can you get out of it? Like, you know, because what if they're still at you? How do you, how do you finish that?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, there's a way of, of stopping that is, um, that's not the hard emotional cut, you know, some people just turn their backs and do like the cold shoulder, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not talking to you, leaving the room. I don't think that's helpful. That's sort of saying, I'm not winning this conversation, so I am going to cut off my my connection to you. Okay. It, it's very it's very hurtful, that cold okay. shoulder thing. But I do believe that you can say, again, with that equanimity and to say, no good is going to come if this conversation keeps going the way it's going. Okay. No good is going to, if we keep fighting, no good is is going to uh, come of this? Great, that's a great cue too for yeah. them. Like, no, yeah. I love you,
2: but no good is going to come of this, right now. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of um, topics in the chat right now, and a lot of people are experiencing the same thing uh, when the child goes victim. So nobody loves me. Nobody, <sighs> no, everyone hates me in this world. I don't um, have any friends. Uh, this seems to be a big topic and it breaks. It seems to be very. Uh, she's in the entitled mode and accent. Like she's the only one who's going through something that a million others have before her the same time as her. Um, this is very common, I'm assuming, because everyone's like, Me too, me too, me too. What are we doing with the nobody somebody gets me?
3: Uh, so I, w- remember that f- the child's perspective is always 100% accurate to them. So, you know, in Illyrian psychology, we talk about there's like common sense. Of course, you have friends. Of course, I love you as much as your sibling. That's common sense. But children and adults have something called private logic. And to them, they are only they have uh, implicit rules and ways that they see the world. And their felt experience is is what they're sharing with you. So their their felt experience is no one in this family loves me. That's not the truth, but it's like, it doesn't matter if it's the truth. It's their truth when they're telling you in the moment. And that might feel very victim-y to you, but the idea is if, if you can say, it would be awful to, to live in a family and feel like nobody loved you. Just validate that. It, what, holy. right. right. I'd be crying on my pillow too. If I thought I had not a single soul in my family who loved me, that would and be not a horrible thing. Like you're not
2: saying it like, Oh, poor, you're actually saying that must feel really hard
3: for you. Okay. Yeah. In the hopes that they feel validated. Right. And then, and then of course, to, you know, then we check in and say, you know, um, it's, it's not our intention for you to not feel our love. Somehow we're missing a beat. You know, I, I feel like I'm sending out love vibes and they're somehow not getting received. Something's off the, off the rails here. You know, how can, what, what how can we make that better? And this is again, where the listening comes in and um, and find out, you know, where their skewed perception is, is coming from, but I want to listen and be curious rather than being defensive and saying, but I sat beside you at dinner just the other day. I took you thrifting and, you know, you, you know, we, we tend to get defensive as opposed to listening. And, and, it cut, and it shuts down communication and we don't get any wiser as to, to what's going on.
2: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
3: and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: We hope you um, truly enjoyed listening to that expert because that's what it's all about is bringing you guys information quickly and easily so you don't feel overwhelmed because, gosh, this parenting journey can feel so lonely and so overwhelming. If you are interested in knowing more about The Common Parent, head to thecommonparent.com. It is just full of amazing, useful, easy information to make you feel a little bit more in control and actually help your relationship with your teen or tween. And to be honest with you, it goes across like all of our relationships because relationships are relationships are relationships and couldn't we all use a little little bit of help in that area? Um, We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure you go to thecommonparent.com and again, thank you guys for joining us Um, wherever you may be. We hope you have a beautiful, wonderful day or night.